want you to recognize that at Valley Community Church, we are not being foolish by gathering. We're being led of the Holy Spirit. If our leaders in our country, state, mandate that we are not to gather, we will abide by that. We have a group of talented people who met yesterday who have put everything together. You have a very short letter uh, from us regarding what is taking place. You can read that later. Uh, we have our webpage. It will be set up for podcast. If for some reason we're not able to gather, um, I will come in and we will uh, be doing our uh, teaching and have it online for you so that you can continue to stay. We will have encouraging words for you. Uh, we will pray for you over podcast, all the different things that we will do to take care of you. <clears throat> if you uh, at any time feel sick, we believe by Jesus' stripes we're healed, but stay home and get better. Okay? Stay home and get better. Call us. We will pray for you. We will <clears throat> let elders know. They will get your phone number if you allow us to. And they will call you. They will pray for you. We win, folks. We are winners, more than conquerors. This is something that I believe with all of my heart as your pastor that this is a ploy of the enemy. Okay? It's real, but it's a ploy of the enemy to get your eyes off of 2020, the clarity of what God is saying to you as a family. It is an attack of the spirit of mammon, the God of mammon. The God of mammon would want to uh, take away your ability, kingdom ability of prosperity, and that you will be bound to others regarding your ability to even live or to eat. It is a spirit of man. It is an all-out attack at the beginning of this year to steal, kill, and destroy from the church. The church. And we have to recognize that and understand that. And again, when um, we, we have so much political stuff going on in our world, um, watch what you say in the midst of this battle. Your words are powerful. Watch what you say. Watch what you say to people. Watch what you say about your government. Watch what you say about anything because what, what God is going to do is he's going to cause the church to rise up and make proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if our words are opposite of kingdom, then we will, our religious uh, thinking will make the word of God of no effect. We need to destroy religion, the spirit of religion, and begin to walk in a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? I could spend all day talking to you about that, but I want to dive into the word of God. So read the information we gave you. If you still do not understand what you need to do, then you can call our office. Our offices are open from Tuesday to Friday. We have not closed our offices. But I want to, as you're seated before we start, 
I want to pray for all of you that are school teachers, that are nurses, that are doctors, that are uh, military, that are, are here, that you are serving our country in this matter, and you are around a lot of fear. And so let's pray. Father, I thank you for everyone in this body, this service, next service, a third service. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name that the Spirit of the living Lord will absolutely overwhelm each person here, protecting them, giving them insight, wisdom, things to do, things not to do. Lord, that you would even, as you did with Israel, would tell uh, Israel that the enemy's around the corner, go the other way. Lord, that you would tell a doctor, the enemy's around the corner, go around the other way. And in Jesus' name, blessings upon them. Lord, I pray for our seniors. Lord, as they have asked me, I have said, go ahead and stay home. I pray for our seniors, and I say, in Jesus' name, this virus will not touch your body. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing that is here in the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Wasn't Pastor Ryan sensitive to the things of the Lord today? Wasn't that awesome the way he, he marched us through uh, that, that avenue of worship from praise to worship? And I'm just uh, really proud of our staff. Pastor Dan, I want to publicly thank you for yesterday uh, working with just very talented people and uh, getting everything in line just in case uh, we walk with knowledge of God and wisdom of the Lord. Thank you for all your hard work, Jeremy, uh, just everybody that was around here. For you that volunteered and came into the meeting and helped give advice and wisdom of your abilities, thank you for who you are. Valley Community Church is awesome. And I love you and I appreciate you. And uh, we're going to continue in our series, Isn't it Amazing How the Lord Plans This, on prayer. And um, I, I want you to turn your Bibles or, or your computers to Luke 11, Matthew chapter 6. And before we get into this, uh, regarding this virus and staying home, uh, this is from the man page. Day two without sports. Found a lady sitting on my couch. Apparently, she's my wife. She seems nice, too. <laughs> Amen. Last week, we discussed personal prayer. And today, we need to be relentless, unwavering, having a single mind when we pray. Jesus gave us an example of this kind of prayer also. And this example comes in Luke chapter 11. And we want to read some of this, but there's some things that I want to show you. I, things that I want to help you with so that you can become relentless and unwavering in your prayer and begin to attain and to accomplish the things that God has put on your heart. In Luke 11, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, notice Jesus was praying, when he ceased, that one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. 
So the question is, if the Son of God felt a need to pray, should we also (laughs) be a people of prayer? Should we also be a people that really dive into prayer? One of the disciples said, teach us to pray. In verse 2, so he said to them, when you pray, say, and he begins to teach them. They asked him, them, asked him to teach them, and he began to teach. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to open this up, and I'm going to help you understand what Jesus was teaching. He begins what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now, we've taught on this, so um, this is going to be easy for you because we have really covered this, but I'm, I'm really specifically focusing on three words that he said, but it's going to take a while to get there, so let's dive into this. and Drop down to Luke chapter 11, verse 5, and, and this is still the response, Lord, teach us to pray. Verse 5, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me, the door is shut now. Notice, door shut now. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Look what Jesus says, verse 8. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. He's talking about the guy knocking on the door, being persistent. So Jesus is contrasting this with what God does, what God would do. So verse 9, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock. Let me say that again. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, three words, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Verse 13, notice the word evil means sin. If you then, being evil, sinful, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is not sinful, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, in every story, Jesus gives here, he says this, how much more will your heavenly Father give you? So in this chapter, Jesus uses three terms or words, ask, seek, and knock. So let me say something in the beginning of this. I don't think these three words, ask, seek, and knock, are different levels of prayer for the same thing. It's like, first of all, when you start in prayer, you ask, 
And then you seek, and, and, and then you get to the pinnacle of your prayer of the same subject. I don't think that's what it is. But I, I, I believe there are three things here. What we need to see is that God is showing us how to pray. And when you pray, what you receive and what happens when you pray and what you can expect when you become someone of prayer. So, for instance, if we ask and ask and ask and it doesn't seem like God is answering or responding, so what we need to do now is seek. Okay? I'm not saying that's what, this, what Jesus is saying. He's not saying this. Then if God still doesn't come through, the ultimate is to begin knocking. Kind of like our children <laughs> won't sit still and constantly making noise. This is how we feel sometimes in prayer. I don't think these three things that Jesus said works that way. Matter of fact, I know it doesn't. Matter of fact, God shows us what these three words are referring to in Matthew chapter 6. So what I'm going to try to show you are three categories of, here it is, relentless, unwavering, single-mindedness categories of prayer. In other words, you are a determined person, determined that God's promises are yes and amen. When you go to prayer, you don't go to prayer in a sense of, well, just if I pray enough, if I spend time, if I get up at five in the morning and pray every morning, God's going to do something for me because I get up at five. No, 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 no. Jesus is teaching them, this is how you relate with God. This is how you pray. This is who you are as a son or a daughter of God. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock are three kinds of determined prayer. Well, let's cover them now. The word ask. What do we ask for? There are four things you ask for. God's purpose. God's provision. God's pardon. And God's protection. God's purpose, God's provision, God's pardon, and God's protection. So remember this. There's really five Ps in here. You praise before and you praise after. Praise and worship is always a part of your prayer. Praise and worship is absolutely necessary. Verse 10 of Matthew 6. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are we praying for God's will and purpose every day of our life? Or do we take every day and what comes lightly? There are a lot of people who pray after the fact of the day. Are we living our life always being behind 
things happen and then we pray. Instead of asking the Lord, Lord, what purpose do I have today? Lord, I thank you that I have your, your provision. I ask your provision for this. I ask for your pardon. Forgive me if I, if I, if I mess up and ask God for protection. See, that's what he's saying. He's saying when you pray, you ask for this, you, you go after this, and you ask God for this. And Jesus is saying when you do this, God will fulfill it. The Lord has said, this is how I want you to pray. Pray for my will every day. Each day I take time and I say, God, I come before you in Jesus' name. I ask him, asking that the Holy Spirit would show me your will in my life today. Not after the day happens or the next day of the day before, is that when I go into my day, I have asked God for revelation, for his will, for his pardon, for his provision. And what happens is, you know, as, as it is in heaven for my family today. Prayer is where you go and you're asking. All right, second provision, second part of provision. Pray for and what God's provision is for you today. Do you ask for God's daily provision? Hmm. Matthew 6.11 says, give us this day our daily bread. Pastor, we don't need this. I got a job. I'm doing good. Got a roof over my head. I got food in the refrigerator. I'm good. My car runs good. I believe many of us are missing God's provision because we have man's provision. Because we do have a job. Things are okay. Well, look at our world today. They begin to announce and the news goes crazy over this virus. Now, we need to be People of knowledge, we need people of wisdom, we need to handle things, but people are going crazy because why? They sit and watch this tube, well some of you have a larger tube, <laughs> big screen, and we listen to the words of fear. Jesus is telling us, don't be satisfied with the provision of your hand only. Every day of my life, I am in expectancy asking of God's provision, that his provision is even greater than what I can do going to work, what I can do with the experience and the abilities and the giftings that God has given me through grace, that I have greater provision because why I ask for it. Church family, I live by faith. So I pray for God's provision every day. How many men in this house ask God every day for his provision for their families? I do. Here's the third thing, God's pardon. God's pardon is receiving the forgiveness of God. Matthew 6, 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Isn't it great to get forgiveness? And all you have to do is ask. Folks, you don't have to crawl on the ground. You don't have to prove yourself to God to receive forgiveness. All you have to do is ask. 
They asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And he said, ask. Colossians 2.14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. You don't have to fulfill requirements to get forgiveness. All you have to do is ask. Are you praying? Are you asking? See, it's there. How do we pray? Ask. Here's the fourth. God's protection. Matthew 6, 13, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, coronavirus. The question is, do you ask God for his protection over you and your family? God, help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Costco, get in line. (laughs) Got to get toilet paper. I ask in God's protection. I believe there is no demon in hell that can stand up to the power of Jesus Christ. According to the scripture, it says, ask, and it shall be given to you. It's as simple as that. Some say, I have prayed and it didn't work. My statement to you, so you don't want to be free? I prayed and it didn't work, so I don't, I don't ask anymore. You don't want to be free? Ask. God's power is available, but many do not ask. James 4.2 says this, you lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot, and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. I've told you, with every baby, grandbaby, I've walked around, I've sat with them, you know, burping them, but as I'm doing that, I'm praying in tongues, and I'm praying over my children. I ask. I ask every single day. Some people say, how come it works for that guy? My question to you is, or statement to you is, maybe he asked. Matthew 6, verse 25 through 27 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? In other words, don't worry. There are some people who would be 30 feet tall if worry brought them more height. Verse 31, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, or I'll add, they do not ask for. So let me explain now. This is when we're going to begin to really show you the three different categories of prayer. All right, so 
in this, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He is referring to the Gentiles, meaning those who don't know God. He's not saying, oh, just the Germans, the Italians, or whatever. He's saying the Gentiles, which at that time frame were those that did not know God. So the Gentiles, those who don't know God, have to seek provision. The purpose, the provision, the forgiveness and protection. The unbeliever has to seek after. You, the believer, all you have to do is ask. You don't have to get more spiritual and that's the more spiritual is seeking. You don't have to seek. All you got to do is ask because your father knows what you need. See, as a believer, you don't have to seek for these. All you have to do is ask for them. Verse 7 of Matthew 6. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need before you ask them. The Father knows what you need before you ask. Again, church, you do not have to seek these things. Those four things you don't have to seek for. It is there for you. All you have to do is believe and ask for them. So let me clarify this. You do have to work. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. So don't sit around the house and watch the 700 Club and pray. Go to work. Look at the end of verse 8. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask of them. So here's a religious interpretation. Well, you know, God knows what I need. Why should I ask him all the time? God knows what you need before the situation. You have to ask for them. That's what prayer is for. Prayer is the ability of you relating with God and asking him for what he's already provided. Amen? Hmm. So the first act of prayer is we ask God to meet our natural and spiritual needs. Emotional, physical, and spiritual needs. So let me just ask you a question now. So if we ask God to meet our needs, then what do we seek for as a believer? Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. See, as Christians, what do we seek? We seek God and his righteousness. God designed prayer so we can get our needs met, the next level or the next category is to get to know him, to know God by seeking him. Prayer is relational. So let me talk to the men. Did you know that statistics show that women pray more than men? And men, the reason why sometimes you are struggling in your life, business, 
is you are not praying, asking God, and seeking God to know him. Psalm 27, verse 4, look at this. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. Notice the word, seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide with me, or hide me in his pavilion. And literally, if you look at the literal language, it's actually God will be there with you, hide with you. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon the rock. Again, God designed prayer not just to get our needs met, but so that we can get to know God. Ask for God's hand and seek his face. So let me, let me say it this way. Listen very closely. You're not seeking his provision or protection. You seek to know him. Because for his protection and for his provision, all you have to do is ask. That's awesome, church. Jeremiah 29.10 says, For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. God says, I will bring you back after 70 years. See, Jeremiah sought the Lord. And he sought the Lord to know him, and he saw the heart of God. In 70 years, I will return you to the place. Because he loves you. See, a lot of people that, that know of God, they don't know God. Verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. Not provision. When you search for me with all of your heart. This is ask and seek. You ask for provision, and you seek and know God. 38 years ago, I really didn't know Terry. I knew I loved her. I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. And I knew that she's amazing, still is. But after 38 years, I know her. And I just want to give you all a clue. Terry's amazing. See, most Christians are like 38 years ago. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. But they don't know. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Because you're a son or daughter of God, all you got to do is ask. But part of prayer is relational. And you pray so that you may know God. You get in that secret place. He shares who he is, and you know who he is. He says, you seek me. You seek me. You know me. So church, spend time with God. What am I going to do for three weeks without school? How about asking and seeking God? Most Christians do not know the person of Jesus Christ. 
So the first level category is ask. The second level is seek. The third level is knock. So what does that mean to knock? Let me ask you this. What are doors referred to in the Bible? When the Bible uses doors, what does it usually talk about? Well, now that you ask that question, let's find a couple scriptures. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. He's talking about ministry. He's talking about kingdom work. And in the kingdom work, he found when open doors come, there are adversaries. There's an enemy that hates it when you... See, an effective door is a door of ministry. 2 Corinthians 2.12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord. The door was open. Ministry. In Colossians chapter 4, it's very interesting. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, that is asking, continue earnestly in prayer, that is asking, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, that's seeking. Why do you live your life in thanksgiving? Because when you pray, you see who God really is. And you just go, how thankful that I am that I serve the God that I serve. Let's read on here. Verse 3. Meanwhile, praying also for us, that's talking about ministry, that's knocking, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains. Now I'm going to say something that I want you to hear, but I don't want you to hear that I am uh, talking down to anybody. But there's a lot of Christians today who have family that are not saved, who have parents that are not saved, who have children, grandchildren that are not saved. May I suggest to you is a reason why family is not saved, close friends, close people, people that you work with are not saved is because we're not people of prayer. And usually, we, in prayer, pray like the Gentiles, seeking after provision. We don't have to seek after it. God has provided all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We ask for it because it's already there. We've given you the wisdom aspect, work, all the different things. But you seek to know God. And then when you begin to knock, prayer opens the door of your ministry to your family who don't know Jesus. Some of you have family members. I do. I'm a person of prayer. I do. But I tell you what, I'm constantly knocking. 
God's constantly opening doors. Bringing out the aspect of where prayer is. You ask for the things that God says, I already know what you need. I have it for you, ask. You seek, you know. You get into that secret place. You know who God is. And because you know who God is, what happens? You begin to live your life with thankfulness. You begin to walk in a lifestyle of being thankful, even though sometimes, you know what, folks, sometimes some days are not that good. Sometimes days are rough. Sometimes you look at it and you say, you know, can we start this all over again, God? I'll go to bed and you wake me up and we'll start it all over. Doors of ministry is talking about. Doors of opportunity to minister or touch others. You know what prayer does? Prayer breaks the spirit of selfishness. It breaks the spirit of selfishness of people that all they do is they think about themselves. And they do things that's just for them. And they never, they, you can watch people who are selfish. You know, once in a while they break out of their little shell and they look nice, nice. And then they get a little pressure in their life and all of a sudden they crawl, crawl back into their shell. And they're selfish. I would tell you because they're not people of prayer. Because they don't, See, when you're asking, your needs are met. Even though you don't see it yet, you're asking and you trust in God. You're a faith person. You're seeking, you know God. Because you know who he is. He's not a liar. He's going to do what he promised. Amen. So when you're into prayer and all this, all Hades is breaking loose, and coronavirus is all over the place, and according to the news, you're not walking in fear. Because you know God. So when you start praying, the first level category is you ask about your needs. The second, you seek and know him in a personal way. There's nothing like the secret place. There was a moment in worship today that I just stopped because I was in that secret place. Because we were led into that, the holy of holies during worship. The third level is you knock and doors open wide to do what? To have a great ministry. No, to touch others. To touch others. To minister to other people because you no longer are a selfish person. Because you know God and what God hurts for. You know, I, I want to live my life by what God hurts for, not what I hurt for. You know, I, I, I lived in Michigan. I lived around lakes and rivers and boats and all kinds of things. And um, that would be great to, you know, go down the ocean and hop on a boat and just go traveling around and hanging out in the water and stuff like that. But that's not what the Lord has for me. It's not. It's not what the Lord has for me. 
my heart breaks for what God's heart breaks for. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy life. God even told me, you know, and told you, take time for yourself. I've created you to take time. I've created you to fill your tank. Because a lot of things you do, you empty your tank. I created you to fill your tank. There's a book by Wayne Cordero, Running on Empty. It's an amazing book. I've read it four times. You will know God's feelings when you, when you begin to focus on God. When you begin to knock and you begin to understand walking in the ministry, you begin to hear God and know his heart and you begin to live that lifestyle. Some of the stuff your family used to just tick you off about, you don't want to be around it, no longer it bothers you. Because that happened. You will know God's heartbeat. You will know what breaks his heart. You will know what breaks his heart are people that don't know him. How many people have you led to the Lord? Are you a person of prayer? See, there are so many people out there that need Jesus. The best thing today, you know, I'm, I'm walking around and I go to the bank and this guy, I walk up and, and you know, I, I'm pulling some money out of my account and uh, look at this other guy and he's wiping his hands with all this, this stuff, you know, and, and I do the same thing. I do that too. Go work out, you know, about 10 times I'll, get the sanitation stuff and hand sanitizer and get it done. But the reality, wisdom, amen. Everyone say, yeah, wisdom. But then he just began to just, you could see in his eyes. I'm going to die, you know. And because a lot of places that I go, they know that I'm a pastor, I have to be careful not to give my <laughs> opinion. Because I'm in a lifestyle of this, okay? And so I began to talk to him, and the young lady that's there, she always helps me. I've known her for like 12, 13 years in the banking. She used to work down the street here. And, and the reality is, is, is I look at her, and I, sa I said, I apologize. I have to say just one thing. <laughs> and she goes, go ahead. He needs it. And so, I, so I, I, shared, I shared with him, and he looked at me, and I said, I just want you to know, you know, at the end, I said, I just want you to know that God loves you with such a love that he sent his son to die for you. And I trust my God that his protection is all over me. By the way, can I borrow some of that hand sanitizer? Amen. See, we, we have to be wise. We have to live our lives and walk in this lifestyle. So what breaks his heart are people that don't know him. Once you get to this category or level, you still ask and seek. You know how big God is? You can seek 24-7 and you still won't grasp the fullness of everything that he is. Every day there's more that you can know who he is. 
but your heart breaks for the person sitting next to you and or who you work with, leading them to Christ. So let's be relentless. Let's be unwavering. Let's have a single-mindedness for those who are lost. I told you that we're going to create a culture in our church at the conclusion of the service soon that's going to allow and avail us to, as you bring the lost in to the church, it's going to avail us to take a minute or two to touch their lives, that we can take a deep breath and, you know, and not be upset because you can't get to McDonald's right away, you know, or the courtyard, which, by the way, is awesome. But the reality is that you have a heart for God. Lord, teach us to pray. Ask what God has already set up for you. Seek him and know him and stay in that secret presence of God. And then allow the doors to open because why? You're protected. You have provision. You know who God is. Your heart breaks for what his heart breaks for. And now, everywhere you go, you're in ministry. There's a person around you, every place you go, that needs to see Jesus. There's a Christian that is next to you that needs to hear the truth that will set them free from the bondage of their religion that has made the word of God of no effect. That's what Jesus said when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Hallelujah. Let's all stand.